0: On today's episode, I had the honor and privilege of talking with professional skills basketball trainer, Jacob Begin. We talked a lot about his own philosophy and how he goes about skills training with his athletes. We expanded on positionless basketball and the importance of it in today's game. We talked about how you can apply a skill to a game. And then lastly, he gave us some advice to young hoopers out there, young athletes that want to take their game to the next level. So hope you enjoy. What is up, guys? It's your host, Jonathan Watts, and thank you for tuning in. On today's show, we got our first guest, super excited to have him on, professional skills trainer Jacob Begin. So before we get into things, um, I just wanna have you introduce yourself, give your background, kind of describe your journey and how you got to
1: where you are today. Uh, So first, I am from a small, small town on the Oregon coast. Um, We always joke we have more cows than people uh, in our town. We have about, probably about, Population of four thousand, um, graduated with like a high school class of roughly around a hundred people. Uh, so, basketball uh, and being known for basketball is kind of what our town was known for. Um, but it didn't produce like many like college players. Uh, most of the kids just stay in town um, or either just go off to college. Um, so, it came from a small town. Uh, didn't have many scholar- college scholarships, and so I ended up going to a community college out in Salem. Uh, Basically, the only reason why I got there was one of my mentors who played at this community college. Um, he was a pro, and I just like followed him one summer, uh, and I just basically would watch his workouts, uh, what he did in the weight room, what he did on the court. He finally just was like, hey, quit following me and just join me. Um, so he helped me get that spot. I was a walk-on uh, at the community college there. I ended up not being a walk-on redshirt. That's what I intended to go there for, um, we had a couple people hurt, uh, a couple people got injured, and I just got thrown into the, the group of 12 to be able to play my first year. Um, by Christmas break, I was then starting, so I'd work around myself well from the 12th guy all the way into the starting lineup, um, and then I earned myself a co- uh, scholarship for the rest of the time there. So I only had to pay for one term out of my pocket, um, so I just kind of worked my butt off to get where I was. Um, and then after that, uh, we won, we got second my freshman year at the community college in the in the in It's not the national tournament, it's Oregon and Washington and Idaho uh, colleges, that's who plays in like our league. Gotcha. Um, So we got second my freshman year, we returned uh, eight freshmen, we all worked our butts off, got back to the championship game, uh, won it that year. So my sophomore year we won the championship and so then it helped me earn like a walk-on spot at Portland State. So I kind of went in with the same idea that I'd go up to Portland State, work my butt off and hopefully get a scholarship didn't turn out that way um, but still getting to play at the division one level was like my goal um, it was kind of a reason why uh, I wanted it on my resume so as now as a pro skills trainer um, having that backing of playing at the d1 level knowing uh, how d1 functions knowing how intense it is um, helps me be able to relate to kind of my clients that are at that level um, so kind of that was kind of my snowball into skills training I did it all out through my whole entire career that's what i was good at um that's what i was actually passionate about i always joke with people i like skills training more than i liked games Um, i like the off season and and making this progress of being a nobody to now being in the starting lineup because i've worked so hard so all those little details that i put into in the off season is kind of why i jumped into being a skills trainer awesome love it love it so the first thing
0: i want to talk about with you kind of obviously your skills trainer so i want to dive deep into that and a lot of skills trainers have their own philosophy or foundations that they use their own progressions that they go off of is there something specific that you do with your philosophy with
1: each player or is it kind of individualized if you want to expand on that um i mean it, it's it's kind of all con- encompassed together but every player is going to have like their own little wrinkles um in their development i i think kind of three things are, are important um, one of them is is just the shooting aspect. Like you have to be able to shoot. Uh, you look at all the great players, all the people that have played in the NBA. Like it, you can be you can be like a defensive defensive player, but at some point, if you cannot hit an open shot, doesn't matter. You're a liability on the court. Like you cannot be out there. Um, to me, it's the same thing at the high school and the college level. Uh, especially at the college level, you see just guys that run around and just shoot threes or just just run around and shoot. Um, like that's what they're there for so if you can do that um it's going to give you minutes um two you got to be able to kind of like you have to be able to like keep turnovers down so if you can stay on the floor not turn the ball over have an iq understand where you need to be ball even if you are slow where you need to be on the defensive end like you can be a great help side defender Um, i think of somebody like anthony tolliver like he's still in the league because he can shoot but also like He's not a great on ball defender, but if you watch him the way he communicates off ball the way He's always in help position the way he's trying to slide over and take a charge like that keeps him on the floor He's not the most athletic
0: guy. He's getting older in age Yeah,
1: like I mean again He's there to shoot and try to communicate and be a veteran presence on the defensive end like those are the things that to me uh, Every player needs to have Um, So kind of as you go through it, you have to be able to shoot you got to be able to have an IQ um, those are kind of the two things. And then off of that, it's going to be like an individualized plan. Okay, where do you kind of project yourself? Where do you, where do I think that you can play at? Whether that's the D1 level, just at the college level, or maybe you're just trying to make it on the high school team. Um, that's kind of how your development plan is going to come from there. So it kind of will just dive into the individual basis after this.
0: Gotcha. And then going off that, obviously with today's game, it's changed so much since the 90s, the 80s. And it's what people call positionless basketball. You yeah. talk a lot about it um does that affect how you train athletes like do you take your bigs through what guards do do you typically have guards do post work how does that how does that work with
1: your athletes or do you just depend on the athlete? i mean it's going to depend on the athlete but like you see most of the kids that come in our gym like there isn't like i i haven't probably seen just a back to the basket big where i'm like okay i can't teach you like you're you're in high school and i almost can't teach you how to be a guard like mostly everyone walks in the gym and even a a 610 guy can handle it Mm -hmm. so you're like okay like i need to teach you to just shoot a pull-up three like that that might not be their job or what they're gonna do but you still kind of have to go with it. So like, I haven't seen a big that's just been like, okay, I can't teach you any of this stuff because you don't have the skill set. So every kid that's coming in right now has the skill set to already be positionless basketball. They want to, I mean, you see the bigs that want to be guards. Um, everyone I'll, I'll, everyone I'll, wants to be a guard. Yeah, so they're they're already stepping out and they they already have like a three point shot. So I'm not really trying to teach things. So yeah, guards go through post-ups because I think they, sh- they need to know that. It's close yeah. shots of the basket. and bigs are gonna go through guards workouts. Because they already want to go through the guards workout, so why not? But again, we still need to go back to the individualized plan on your team. Maybe you are the big, and maybe you are going to post up, so we still need to go and do those things. Because if you want to be successful on your team or whatever team you're on, you have to be able to fit into the box that the coach wants you to be. So I have a big right now who he is a post and they throw him in the post all the time. So he still has to get post up touches because we can't just give up on that because then he's not going to exactly. know how to do it. Yeah. And then if you just add that
0: extra aspect, it just makes you that much more valuable. Yeah, as exactly. A player. Awesome. So at least on my side of things, one thing I love about athletes are athletes who are two or three sport athletes. They do a lot of cross training just from the performance side of things. It exposes them to different uh, movements and it makes them overall a better athlete. But I know on the basketball side, especially now, kids start getting recruited at a lot younger age for college ball. Um, It almost seems like eighth grade freshman year you see some of these guys getting offers. At what age do you think it's important for these athletes on the basketball side to start specializing just in basketball if they truly love it and want to play at that next level?
1: that's a tough i mean i love that question because i honestly get it asked a lot of times from parents It's like okay when do we specialize like when do we just start doing this um it's always tough to say like to me i think i think somewhere in the high school range like is okay i think anything younger than that is just ridiculous like let let them go play let them go have fun be coached by someone else and be most of the time like if you're good at basketball like you will be good at other sports but you're not going to be the best like that's the one thing i like about it is like Going and being the the second string quarterback like that teaches you how to like sit on the bench. But then basketball, you're like the go to guy. Like those are totally two different roles that you have to play. Um, But I'd say somewhere in the high school range, I mean, some of these guys are being recruited at such a high level, and that's what people see. But like you still have the guys that aren't being like that are making that are on that recruiting chart, and they're getting picked up sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, Like so, you have your outliers I guess you could say with like Mikey Williams and I don't even know I mean I yeah when you're that home.
0: big that young you almost just
1: yeah no matter you, what you're playing basketball. yeah Harry Giles you go back to Zion like like they're just like gifted like that and that that's just what it's gonna be but you look at somebody like John Morant who came out of nowhere and went to Murray State like he's still in the NBA because he worked his butt off and he probably was playing multiple sports all the way up to that high school level for me I didn't specialize until um The end of my sophomore year. So I still. What else did you play? So I played my freshman year, I played football, basketball, and baseball. Okay. So I played three sports all the way up to my freshman year. Um, My biggest thing was we were bad in football, we were bad in baseball, and we were really good in basketball. So how I looked at it, it wasn't like specializing in basketball because I loved it at that point yet. Like I really, like I was just like, ah, man, I'm good at these sports. Like this is fun. But I specialized because I didn't want to get cut. Like my two best friends after my freshman year, were cut from the basketball team yeah. so like my two best friends going in were not there anymore and i'm like man e- kind of yeah so i'm either like do i go play these other sports like football where my team is garbage i'm gonna get my head kicked in every practice games are gonna suck i'm on the oregon coast so it's gonna rain outside oh right. and and it get you this like one of the big de- defining factors was on the football field we did not have a turf field like everyone has nowadays And our field was garbage. So, like, you're literally in the mud every day. And I was just like, okay, do I want to get, like, CTE or brain damage for no apparent reason? So I didn't do that. And baseball, we were just, like, our coaching was bad. I hated it. Again, we rained in the spring. It rained in the spring in Oregon. And I was just like, I'd rather just be inside. I don't want to get cut from basketball. I want to have a chance to make the team. We're always at state. We always get a title. Like, we're always winning league. Like, I want to be able to... Be a part of that. Yeah, be a part of something in a culture that was fun. So I chose basketball. And then, like, after my sophomore year, when I actually made the team, I was like, okay, let's take this to the next level. And that's when, like, my training, like, picked yeah. up to actually care about it.
0: And I think another thing with specialization, especially at a young ages, you can get burned out really easily. Oh, yeah. So it's smart not to do it too early because I think... With me, I was a big baseball guy when I was young, and it was baseball's a year round thing. Yeah, um, especially in California, especially in California with the weather, you yeah. can play all year. And by eighth grade, I was just like, man, I don't want to play this anymore. I lost my love for it a little bit. And obviously, I played three sports in my freshman year of high school as well. And I think it's so important for for those kids, especially when you're younger, to spe- uh, cross train because, like I said, you'll get burned out. You don't think you will, but you will. Um, if you just focus on that one sport. Yeah.
1: I mean, I see it now with kids that are in our gym. Like they, like they've, they've been doing basketball and only basketball since the seventh grade, <laughs> sixth and seventh grade. And it's just like, man, like you got it. Like, I'm, I had to talk to the parents to be like, you got to give them weeks off. you got to give them just time to not be worried about basketball. Mm, definitely. Like, I mean, I mean, unless, unless you really love, like if you were like, like if I had that passion that I had after my like sophomore mm-hmm. year at, at like sixth grade, like I, I would never get burned of it because yeah. again, it's my job now. So I don't get, I never get burned to basketball. I can it. watch it, I can play it, I can just eat, sleep, it, and breathe it. But if I don't have that, and you don't have that as a kid, like there's no sense in like burning yourself out so early. Exactly, exactly. So I think
0: something a lot of people struggle with is, especially in the off season, they find their needs, they find what they work need to work on, a skill they need to develop, but or they put all these hours into that skill, but the second the game comes, they go back to their old habits. They go back to their old skills. Um, It's something I've definitely dealt with at a younger age, um, where you work on this skill for hours in the gym, but the second the game comes, you don't know where it's gone. It's, It's not there. So is there a way that you can help or you help your athletes to try and apply a skill that they've been working on or struggling with to the game scenario when it comes around?
1: yeah i mean i think that's where like uh like kind of like how i look at it is in skill development like you have to have the one on nobody and that's where you see a lot of times is like you rep one on nobody or you have a little bit of dummy defense um to give you like a little bit of a feel of what the game would be like um but you only rep it so many times and then again now it's live and you're like just going back to the habit. Cause it's not, you haven't built it as a habit yet. like, yes. you haven't built this. Just like if you change your shot, you can't, you'll change it one day, but it's not like you come in the next day and the shot is exactly how it was yesterday. Like you still have to tweak it. So being able to, in my training, at least give like live actions off of a scenario, which is kind of one of the things that I love. It, it, it tests the IQ, it tests, you know, I kind of learned it under Cody Topper, who's uh Former G League coach, former uh, coach, assistant coach of the Suns, and now assistant coach with uh, Penny Hardaway um, in Memphis. He does a lot of building the skills with one on a nobody, you know, building the skills with some dummy defense, and then building the skills in like a live setting. So working on that IQ or that read or that reaction at the live setting. So that's an actual defender, whether it's a coach that can guard somebody that still is good enough, or it's a, a player he's playing against another player and actually seeing that skill. And like your goal is to do what you are repping. Like it's not to like go outside of the box. It's to find what you are working on and rep that. See that at the live setting in like a one-on-one and a two-on-two. And then finally, hopefully we've repped it enough. And it's becoming a habit that when we hit the five on five and you see that close out that we've been working on and you see that high foot, you know exactly where to attack. You know exactly what to do. We're not going to be perfect, but to me, one off season should be we should be better and then hopefully the following year that's not a weakness anymore and now it's kind of We can expand on it Yeah, that. it's kind of an in-betweener and then maybe it's probably not going to be like your go-to strength But it's not going to be like that glaring thing that you can't do anymore Yeah, I think something too with Improving a
0: skill is not trying to do too much or trying to take on too much to your game Yeah So with, with on the skill side or the performance side uh, I don't remember who I got it from but it's called a 10-point system and you get 10 points in the offseason season. So if you want to improve your vertical jump, how many points, do you want to put four points to that? You yeah, get four yeah, points, Yeah. So that means 40% of your training will go to that. And then the other six points, maybe it's acceleration work, and then improve mobility or something. So you do four, three, three. So that's 10 points. Yeah, there's your three things that you focus on. Exactly.
1: Not, I'm putting 10% in 10 different things. So
0: if you were to put, let's say you put six points in vertical jump, three points in deceleration, one point in mobility, um, you're only going to get 10% of mobility work. So yeah. at the end of the year, you're like, oh, my hips are tight, my ankles, I have lack of mobility in my ankles. It's like, well, that's what you wanted. Obviously, maybe as a trainer, I need to realize that, but that's that's the concept. Don't overcomplicate things. Um, find just two or three things you need to work out work on. The second we get to four or five things, that's when we kind of just waste our time in the gym, I feel like, because you're doing so
1: much, nothing can translate. Agreed. Like, so totally agree. And I think that's what you see in, like, that's what I hate. You see on Instagram all these time these punch drags, these combo-combo these, these moves that it's like you're going to do, like, one time in a game. Yeah, especially
0: like, at the younger level. Yeah.
1: I like, used to Kyrie do it, so I could see somewhat – when you're at the professional See, level? but Kyrie's Kyrie's Kyrie. That's Na- like, 20- like you got Kyrie Dame. Like, you got any of the like maybe top point handful, guards? Handful. Like a handful of guys that do that. Yeah. Like, and that's not good basketball. True. Like no again, watch that. Kyrie and KD were joking on Instagram Live the other day that their game scenario and how many post ups uh, Kyrie would get. You know, and then he's like, you know, well, every time I feel like I have a mismatch when I come down the floor. Like he does, but it doesn't mean that you, you take that, every that you take it every time and you take a whole shot clock to do whatever twenty dribble combo moves. <laughs> it's pretty to watch, but it's not the most effective things. At it's times. not.
0: So um, last thing, um, we actually have our faci- facility you use um, you got for us. It's called NOAA, uh, the shooting device, and it's something I think we're the only.
1: We're the only training facility that has this in the state of Oregon. State of
0: Oregon. So if you want to kind of expand on that, what it does, and how you kind of use it with your athletes.
1: So NOAA is uh, artificial intelligence. So it's a camera that basically sits up in uh, in the gym, uh, and it's just taking pictures of the court. Uh, It's going to take pictures of, of every person that takes a shot. So it's going to take at least, they say at least 40 pictures from the flight of the ball from it leaving your hands all the way to the hoop. In there, it puts the pictures into an algorithm and it gives you the arc height, the arc depth, and then left or right of the hoop. Um, and then it's also a machine that gives like audio feedback. So you can turn on a, a microphone or a speaker and it's gonna tell you you know, the arc, ar- arc height, the depth, or the left and right. So it'll only give you one of those at a time. Um, so your goal is to be 45, 11 inches deep in the hoop with zero left and right. You do that every time, it's going in. Uh, so what you see a lot of times is what I loved about it is it gives you that audio feedback. So one, when I first got it, like it gives me a better eye to see how a shot should look, like how it should be. Again, every shot is different. So I don't like critique, like some people are going to shoot higher. But when I first got it, I shot high. So I shot, you know, in the 50s when yeah. we when first got it.
0: Because when I use, I'm, I have a flash. I'm in the 40s yeah. or something. Yeah. So it's I was no the 40s. opposite.
1: But I found that... The more i've shot on it and the lower i've got my arc down like when i play competitively and when i'm playing i shoot better like i shoot better than when i played like and i don't know if that's just because i have time to like dink around on it (laughs) than most um but i'd say it's helped my shot it's helped me understand like where it needs to be and understand one of my favorite things is uh phil beckner damian lillard's trainer he talks about like players need to understand feel like we're, like as a trainer, I'm not going to be at every game. I'm yeah. not going to be there. So understanding the feel of your shot. And that's what Noah gives you that audio feedback to take a rep and hear it say 50 and be like, that's not right. Yeah. And, 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 and whether it went in or not, it doesn't mean that it's not right. I guess you could say, but it needs to be lower. Like if you want to make more shots, get it down lower. Yeah. So I have, fun, I have one of the funniest things I always say to people when they're shooting in like 55, 57 degrees in the air, I'm like, shoot your shot flatter yeah like you never say that. i've never you said never that because coaches used to always say shoot it higher if you're short more you got to shoot it arc. more arc more arc get it up but there's some people that shoot short and when you look at the actual trajectory of their shot they're shooting 57 it's degrees so in the high. air you can't get it there yeah so they're short not because of a height issue because of a power output so if they actually flatten their shot like and make it flatter with the same power output the ball gets there Like so the Noah Noah gives you this analytical data that I like but without overcomplicating it um, And gives you like and helps me at least see where people's shot deficiencies are what are they doing wrong? um, Both with my eyes and then also with analytical data and then it also tracks where every shot came from So you can be in a setting and we're shooting jump shots You're gonna see where it plotted on the floor whether it was a make or a miss where it went in the hoop Um, so you can even just shoot some shots and just see like oh we shot 55% from this whole session um, or we shot 20% like this is what we need to work on and then you can also tag like say if you play a game you can tag players um, into the system so we like that so we can kind of like tag them and see where they actually shoot in a game setting so when we do live reps um, you can see where somebody shot on the floor and maybe they shot poorly or maybe I'm telling them to shoot jump shots all day and they don't even shoot a jump shot. So gotcha. do I waste our time in the gym shooting on jump shots when 70% of our athletes never even shoot a mid-range shot at the elbow? Like, why do that? Maybe, maybe five, maybe two, three minutes for a warm-up to get the shot going, but then go back to a spot and get more reps at actual game spot where they play from. Yeah, and you might be able to see some patterns as well. Like if they're always going to the white, right wing yeah. to
0: pull-up or something, yeah. they're not shooting a lot on the left wing. Exactly. We focus on that more in training because they're not comfortable there
1: exactly So you can again it's just one of those things that i just think like being the only training facility with one like that was the reason why we got it is i just want to bring something different to our players and be able to provide more because again parents see sometimes and they're just like i haven't seen my kid get better and like i have a group of sixth graders uh that i was training the other day and i went back a couple i went back into september and i looked at no Went back to August and looked at what we shot yeah. with our schedule to basically look at, like, the same amount of kids, the same group of kids. What were we shooting at? And we shot a total of, like, 300 shots, and it was at, like, 35%. Yeah. So, a lot Which isn't of, awful for eighth graders. No, six, it's sixth th- graders. It's sixth graders. So, again, but the other day we shot, and we've been working on their shots forever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all that we've been working on for the last eight months. And they shot 55% last Friday. Like that's good. And, like, to me, like, their shots were looking better. Balance. Everything was just on point mm-hmm. um and like that's the big thing is like a parent doesn't remember back into august i can statistically go back and look into august and show them that day show them that they were and on they're the like, schedule wow damn. yeah so like again that's kind of like the things that i like to do is there a
0: point where obviously 45 degrees is the ideal yeah. arc height say someone's like 53 we obviously don't want to affect it so much that we're dropping it so yeah. fast um how do you
1: kind of go about that is it just kind of getting it down just a little bit yeah to me like honestly like we, we talk about like 42 degrees to like 47 is anywhere kinda, in that range yeah it's kind of like ideal because now you got like a couple inches that you can be long and a couple inches that you can be sure. short and kind of have this little buffer zone because you're not i mean we're not a robot so you're yeah, not going to be able to exactly. produce the same shot over and over again um like exactly like steph curry maybe Uh, I think I mean he might be a robot yeah um would be surprised but you you can't do it and like again every shot's different like I just watched him warm up the other day and he was shooting jumpers and he was literally shooting them to like the sky like he was literally probably throwing them up like 80 80 degrees in the air and they're just hitting nothing but net like but like that's that's also the same thing like not every shot has to be 45 if you have to fade away that back angle that you're gonna get the uh, someone in your face like it's gonna be higher yeah you gotta put over him yeah that's fair
0: all right so i want to move on to something a little bit different um kind of some advice you can give to Hoopers, some basketball players out there or just athletes in general um more for basketball what do you think the most important skill i think you might have touched on earlier um is to have as a player especially in
1: today's game i mean i'd say there's kind of like two like you again you gotta be able to shoot shoot yeah that's one of them you have to be able to shoot um but you have to have iq like mm-hmm. you have to know the game. Like you have, like, again, I wasn't in high school. I wasn't known for defense in college. That's all that I was known for. Mm-hmm. Like, and it wasn't like, I and played, that's not something that takes skill necessarily. No, like that's, and that's where like I, I joke with people, like that's just understanding angles, mm-hmm. understanding angles and then putting an effort. So just understanding the game, like having an IQ, being able to be coachable and be in the right spot, understand your defensive scheme. Like you mm-hmm. might not like your coach, like at some point you are not going to like him. I promise true, you that. True. Like once you get into college, like your best friend will be like an assistant coach because he probably <laughs> recruited you and the, and the head coach is just the dude that runs the system. Like you might not like him, but you chose that place for a reason. Mm-hmm. Go there, give it your best effort and listen to them. And if you have the IQ, you can adapt into any situation. Yeah. And if you're going to be good or great or, or continue to achieve what you want to achieve and play at the pro level or play wherever you want to be at, it doesn't matter what team you're on. If you have the IQ, you're going to be able to make them better.
0: Yeah, and I think, at least for me, to develop that IQ, you just got to watch a lot of basketball. I don't think it's necessarily watching the NBA because it's such a different game. Oh yeah. Then at the high school and collegiate level, it's just it's just not the same.
1: I always I always joke with my guys with no NBA on. Like I always have like Euro League on. Like, I'll throw it on the TV yeah. when people walk in the gym and they're just like, Why? Yeah, they have, it, they have no idea. And I'm like naming like Spinulas, like, of like them. I'm Seleucus. I have like all these names of these like top Euroleague guys and they're, they've never heard of them. But when you watch Euroleague basketball, it's not the NBA, it's, no. uh, it's a more intense version of, of college. It's so much better basketball, too. The, yeah. ball, the ball is moving. Yeah. It's just, oh. There's no, there is no,
0: some iso ball, but... Yeah, like, they're, they're still,
1: like there's still some NBA flair into it, but to me it's like a college system with better-ran offenses. They, ran, right. they run pro-style offenses, and then you have bigs that are NBA bigs. You have Every team has some Russian dude in the middle of the paint that's going to knock yeah. your head off. I remember Luka, Luka Doncic saying it was easier to score in the NBA
0: than in EuroLeague when he came over. Um, I don't remember why he said it, but it was something that
1: stood out to me. Because I believe he talked about spacing, spacing. on the floor because in the I believe in Euroleague, there is no three in the key. So that's a right. big a big Russian or some international dude is always in the paint that's going to just take off your head. And they play so much for more physical, and then in the NBA there's three seconds in the key, so the you big can,
0: you can't touch anyone either.
1: Yeah, so a big always has to get out, so Luca can get to the basket, and if he gets touched, they're calling a foul. Exactly. Or there is no big there because they can't be in the paint, and it, with the spacing again, positionless basketball, the floor is so much more open, and Luca has all the room to operate. Yeah. Perfect.
0: And then, what do you think is? The best, just general advice. This doesn't have to be a skill. Just advice you can give to a young player, Hooper, that's maybe at the high school level that wants to get to the collegiate level, or is at the collegiate level and wants to get to the professional level.
1: Um, I would say uh, the biggest advice is remember it's there's no one else doing this but you. Like, you might have a skills trainer like me. Um, You might have like a weights trainer. you, you might have a nutritionist like I don't know you and you might have nobody. Mm-hmm. It's you like I always joke with people like I, I don't do anything for kids like I just I'm like a, a tour bus driver like hop on the tour bus. I'm going to show you the skills that you probably should work on. But if you see me three days a week one day a week, you know, you're only seeing me for like an hour. Th- yeah, an hour.
0: I'm going to help guide you, but you got to put in the work. You
1: got to put like, you got to go put in the work, like by, like by yourself in other gyms or like, again, you have a membership here with, with where we work at four sheet training systems. Like if you have our elite membership, you get access to the gym. I don't know how many kids don't look at the schedule and try to get an extra time. Exactly. Like if you want to be good, like you should be mapping out your days of the week with school, especially with no one like being in in-person learning no one's practicing like where so much time on their hands yeah where on the days that you're not in working with me or in the weight room like where are you going to go get extra shots where are you going to go get extra skill work where are you going to work on the things that we are working on the on the skills like again if you're only with me three days a week that's three hours there's so many i don't even know i can't calculate the hours right now there's so many other hours in those four extra days that you have that are going to take you so there's more days that you're not in the gym with me than when you are you are so, if you're going to do anything and you want to be at the next level, like, it's you. Like, if you want to get there, it's you, not me. It's not anyone else, not your parents. It is you. True. So, you go put in the work. You go achieve what you want to do. Love it. Love it.
0: So, I want to bring you back a little bit and talk about your collegiate basketball experience. More, I think, at the Division One level. Um, who was the best player you either watched or played against at the D1 level? <clears throat> That's tough. Well, this could even be the, uh, JUCO level because there are some JUCOs that go on to,
1: yeah, play the D one yeah. that are yeah we damn some, good. Uh, I mean the guy that's probably played the farthest, um, is, and I played that was my sophomore year at Chemeketa, uh at the JUCO level. Uh, Shaq McKinsick, Um he's a Seattle kid. He plays. He actually played. Uh, we played him in the championship game. Uh, he is like he can shoot it he's athletic he can do everything yeah he can do everything he went and played at Arizona State for two more years um, and then he has played professionally for I think like six years now and he's on one of the top EuroLeague teams in Olympiacos uh, in Greece and he also starts for them like he is he's a specimen did like, he try
0: he, going to the NBA at all G League uh, at I all? think
1: he played like a little bit of like NBA Summer League um, but he hasn't done, done he kind of worked his way up through the, the international ranks, gotcha. and now he's on one of the top teams um but I mean by far athletically he was just like he could just do everything. Yeah. Like he was pretty it was pretty crazy. Gotcha. Cool. Um
0: what were you able to take away from playing at the D one level that translated, do you think, today, whether on the basketball side or just life in general? Um what do you think the biggest thing is?
1: The biggest thing is like I thought I worked hard, like at the D one level mm-hmm. and like it's cutthroat. Yeah. Like I thought I was like a really hard worker and the, I mean, there's a reason why like, a lot of those guys are at the D1 level is because they're athletically gifted and they work hard. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I wasn't athletically gifted. I just worked hard. <laughs> so uh, it, it sucks when you get there and you're kind of like, whoa, like... And and it really sucks when you have teammates that have all the tools yeah. and don't work hard, and you're just like, dude. If I had that, yeah, like you're wasting space because you're just you're just out here. Exactly. Like so, again, just being so athletically get like. I mean, the first time like I went into practice one time, we had like a six-two guard who's like throwing the ball off the wall,
0: dunking it, and which-
1: no, no, not just dunking it, like going between the legs and dunking it. I'm just like, I wish, I I'm wish. Like, what the heck are you doing? And then we play like a scrimmage and every other drive is just just super hard rip up and to try to dunk on somebody yeah i'm just like yep get out of the way yeah i'm like i'm gonna just stand over here if you need to pass it to me i'll be in the corner ready to shoot that's funny that's good and then um i mean i think i can answer this a little bit what do you
0: think changes the most when you go from the high school to collegiate or collegiate to the
1: professional level and um yeah what do you think just changes the most on the court I think the biggest thing is, again, going back to like just like how you have to work, like going from the high school to college. Like, again, you're a hard worker in high school and then you go to college and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm, I'm just a normal dude. Um, And then you go from the college to professional and you're like, I'm just a normal dude again. Like, wow, this like that you really have to take. Because a lot of times to me, you make you make steps in those like high school to college. You're like, okay, I didn't work every day diligently all the time and then to me from college to pro you're like okay i work every day now but now what do i do off the court do i take my body seriously like once you're a pro that's your job that's your life like that's what you, like 24/7 yeah so nutrition and all that like you see to me at the pro level people take the little things such as your nutrition your rest and recovery mm you know how, what your workouts are like you know what you're doing to your body yeah. h- how your sleep is that's when they take those things to the next level it helps that they have the top professionals in those fields in the world yeah but they still have to put the
0: effort in yeah
1: and those. so like to me like that's why like it sucks like if you can do that at the high school level before you even get into college like oh, you're, you're gonna, gonna be pro. so much more prepared definitely like, you're already treating it like a pro and to me i joke like when you get to the d1 level it's your job like yeah. they call you student athletes well, it, my mom yeah. my mom
0: played at arizona state and she said the same thing like they control you yeah um, as bad as that sounds, like you're a Division One athlete. Yep. So, and then I think to expand on that, the big thing is just the speed of the game yeah. when you change levels. Oh, like, even yeah. if you just go from freshman to JV in high school, JV to varsity, it's amazing how much faster the game becomes when you get to that next level. Yeah. And you see the people that are like play ahead of their age or play ahead of their level are the ones that are able to make that jump and not have any gonna like say negative repercussions but are just able to adapt to the game
1: yeah a lot easier see like i i joke with that like i we, we worked with some pro guys this summer and we had a guy from the university of oregon uh shakura justin mm-hmm. and again like the first time i guarded him and he like rips to the basket i was just like what the heck yeah like you know i i'd i'd played with like i played with pro guys mm-hmm. but like he was on a whole another, another level. level on how he can move mm-hmm. and it's just like oh okay that's that's why you might be an nba a draft pick like that's why you could play in the g league like you're just a freak athlete like i I hadn't really like witnessed that that speed at that level and again he was a technically a four at oregon it's like dude you're a guard that's everyone that's
0: everyone now it seems like so all right last thing i want to end with we're going to do some rapid fire questions um so quick questions quick answers first one uh skills trainer you looked up to um, as you
1: got into the field
0: or you watched a lot about that you learned a
1: lot from? Um, my first guy would have been uh, like Gannon Baker. Um, and then off of him, he had like Michael Lancaster, Tyler Ralph. Those gotcha. are the guys that I like literally like watched on YouTube when I was in high school. Love it.
0: Uh, best NBA player of all time. Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I'm a big LeBron guy. I, I base it off who I've watched. I don't like to live in like the highlight. We live in an era where everything's highlights. Yeah. I think it's sure. different living in the era and the generation of someone. Yep. I think you've lived a little bit.
1: I mean, I lived it, I lived in like the... You're I, like in the middle I, of I, it. I was, I was in the middle of it. Like I saw LeBron. Yeah. Um, and I saw Washington Wizard Michael, who was trash. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, I lived like highlights weren't really a thing. When I was a True. kid, so the only way that you could watch a Michael Jordan game was you had to watch a Michael Jordan yeah, game. Yeah, you like, had to go back. There wasn't, like, YouTube, so, like, you didn't, like, watch just his mixtape. Like, you had to go watch, like, a whole Michael Jordan game, so I got to watch old-school Michael Jordan games. The legend himself. Uh, most underrated skill in
0: basketball? Oh, underrated skill. Passing. 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 I think that kind of goes with decision-making also. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, what basketball superpower would you want? Shooting, shooting. I think mine would just be athleticism. Ooh, like that's a good one. Lebron's, Ro- Westbrook's, D. Rose's, old D. Rose. See, oh. but that disappears.
1: True, that is true. That is. Look at Westbrook now. I mean, we all want to be able to dunk, windmill between the legs. Yeah, I want to hit a three from half court. Fair with no eat, with no, with no, no with no effort at all. <laughs> Valid.
0: Um, who's your favorite NBA, either current or past player of all time? Ooh, that's a good one. This isn't even. It it could be Euroleague too. It could be any.
1: No, I'm gonna have to go with Dame. Dame? Like I know I'm a Portland, I'm a Portland fan, but like, I wanted the Blazers to draft Dame. Like that's like when like skills training and like I was like, like living, watching YouTube, who's working out? Yeah. Like Dame's work ethic and like what he brought to the table and that chip to the chip on his shoulder, reminded me of like how I was. So. He, again he was on another level not, yeah. not we're not we're not <laughs> similar at all uh but like what like what he did in his story yeah, like, like a smaller school yep. i don't think he was a big big sky so same same league as what, Portland he State. wasn't like a five-star recruit was no he, he was i don't even know if he was three or four maybe, maybe? three three star yeah. got hurt one year uh came back and just tore it up and like i he, think you remember talking to me you were like he's gonna be the best player in the draft yeah i think you said that yeah who,
0: i don't remember who who else was in that draft wasn't ad in that draft
1: I don't even know now. I can't think. I'd have to look it up. But he, but he's up there. But like, but Dame, like, just like he, what he's done, and then what, and then also now being my hometown team, like what he's done for the Portland organization. Definitely. You know what he's done in the community. Like he's the epitome of like top guy and like what your kids honestly exactly. want to be.
0: Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Chris Paul fan. Obviously, as a Clippers fan, he was with us for a couple years. I think yeah. he's, he's a mess. Bob City baby. Oh, good old days. <laughs> mastermind of the see, game see again athleticism blake griffin True. look at him now Andrew. fair fair still i still would want that <laughs> for for my five ten years um top five current nba players
1: top five current NBA. this is in no particular order okay. it is going to go slightly in order uh lebron number one Kay. still yes uh glad we can agree on that everyone else after this uh you can put healthier. I guess everyone's healthy. I'm putting KD. Now. Yeah, I, 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 I don't even chill. care off Achilles like I'm putting KD. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to put Steph in there. Man. I'm going to put AD in there cuz he's just a mismatch. Yeah. And I'm probably Oh man, I might have to take Steph out of there cuz you have Giannis so hard and you have Kawhi oh, I'm still. still. I'm tough. put I'm going to put I'm going to put Kawhi in there. Yes. Yes, uh, sir. Man, I'm not going to even have I'm not going to even have Giannis in this. No, or AD. I, th- no, I, I put AD in the there. The
0: reason why I put Steph in there, I think, is because I think more of the impact. I think AD is a more skilled and talented player than Steph.
1: Yeah, yeah. He can
0: do th- things on both floors, but I think Steph brings the team together. I mean, you yeah. see, he's he's the glue. Yeah. To, the team.
1: to me, to me, like the system the Warriors run. Isn't it's like worked. isn't like you can't reproduce it with anybody. No. Like, it it's a Steph Curry system. Yeah. like you see how the offense that flows. Valuable. Him and Clay on the floor at the same time. Like you see how that offense runs. So like Steph is like the mastermind of it, it. It'll be interesting to see how he plays this year without Clay for the whole year. Yeah,
0: I mean he'll kill it still, but just how successful they'll be. Yeah, and then last one. Hopefully the season's able to finish. Uh, who do you think is gonna win it all again? L.A. Lakers. Oh man. <laughs> Man, I, I'm a Clippers fan if you don't know. So it's it's it was a tough tough year last year, blowing that lead, seeing the Lakers I mean, it, win. But I see. I mean, the Lakers added the Schroeder, Lakers, Harrell, Gasol. They,
1: they, they added a ton. I and mean,
0: like it's gonna be tough to beat them. knock on wood. As long as they stay healthy. Yeah. The if,
1: only thing I can say is this is such a weird season. Like this is like the shortest turnaround true. for like the Lakers and the Heat. Like they are turning around and playing like instantly. But then you look at like the Hawks. Or anyone that didn't make the bubble, they haven't played in like forever. Yes, like it's been like two hundred plus days. Yeah, like I saw something the other day. KD hasn't played in like five hundred and fifty days. Yeah, same thing with Clay before he got injured again. Yeah, it's like five something. Like like these guys are sitting out. These are sitting out forever. So it's gonna be a total injury season because I know like the Lakers Heat. Big playoff teams are going to rest had their six guys weeks early or something. Yeah, six, you're going to re- you're gonna rest guys, so it'll be interesting to see. Like, but it all comes down to like you just got to get the top eight, make it to yeah. the playoffs, and then anything could happen from there. Yeah. Well, not anything, but I, I mean, if the Lakers made an eight seed, like they'd be, they'd be the best eight seed of all time, and exactly. or even the Clippers, like that. Like, if one of those top teams are an eight seed, yeah, like they can knock off somebody. And that I mean, fell. unless someone's gone for the season with an injury, but if they're like the same core team that they are now, like. They just have to click at the right time. Exactly.
0: All right. Love it. Well, that's all I got. Thank you for joining me. How can people find you on social media? Uh,
1: on Instagram, at Coach Begin. I don't have Twitter. No one uses Facebook anymore. True. True. And you can check out our uh, the business that I work with, uh, at FTS Hoops or at Forshi Training Systems. Perfect. Love it. Well, thanks
0: again for coming on. Super excited. Anytime. And... uh Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Peace.